Hi, this is Bob Wells here, and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. This is the show where we hear about people's interests and uncover some fascinating stories at the same time. I hope you enjoy today's show. Tucked away just two miles east of the famous Great North Road, near Clipsham in Rutland, lies one of England's greatest hidden gems, Utrey Avenue. So on a beautiful autumn day last year, I was invited to visit Utrey Avenue and had a conversation about the restoration and upkeep of this iconic English landmark with Dr Patrick Candler, who heads the Clipsham Utrey Avenue Trust. To get a true picture of the splendour, majesty and meditative tranquility of the area, I would encourage you to visit undercurrentstories.com where there are links to pictures for you to enjoy. And if you're ever travelling up or down the A1 and just fancy a quick break, consider a visit. You won't be disappointed. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. In today's show, I'm joined by Dr. Patrick Candler. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's great to see you after all this time. I know. It must be three or four years and I can't remember, it was on stage, but I, forgive me, I can't remember, what, you weren't doing the status quo tribute band at the time, were you? No, th- this was uh, with a band I was with, I think, called Bianca and the, and the Top Cats, but we also had another band called Flash, which was more of a sort it of rock band. Been, I think it was Flash. Yeah. I think it was Flash, because I don't think Bianca came to the last one we did, which was, must have been about 2018. I, I guess it must have been, yeah. So anyway, today... We are on the Lincolnshire, Leicestershire, Rutland borders uh, to the east of the A1, level with Oakham and Melton Mowbray. Um, And we are going to be visiting today, and we're actually in it now, Utree Avenue. Uh, And that reminds me, Patrick, of that song by, I can't remember what it was, Electric Avenue, was it? Oh, that's some reggae guy. Electric Avenue. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And um, no no electricity here. No, that's right. And I must admit, every time I've been doing the research for this um, particular interview with you, Patrick, that song keeps coming on my mind for some strange reason. Now it'll come to mind. So, Patrick, um, how things been over the last eighteen months? Um, Busy, surprisingly busy. Um, well, it, I mean, where I, I work in in the um, kind of the woodland area, I'm, I'm I, my, for my day job. Day job, I'm chief executive of the Sherwood Forest Trust, so I'm working in probably the world's most famous and possibly most best loved forest. Um, and occasionally, I get to wear green tights, and then I come home, and then what do I do? I spend time. Uh, working uh, as a volunteer chairing the Clipsham Utree Avenue Trust that about a couple of years ago uh, with the agreement of the Forestry Commission took on the management of this I have to say and I use the word very carefully unique site yeah in the whole of the country yeah. uh, topiaried trees yes you do get them but they tend to be in either national trust or private ownership um, and you pay 10 to £15 pounds to go and see them, and they're beautifully kept. But actually at Utree Avenue, you've got a near-on half-mile avenue of about a, 137 trees, each of which are about 200 years old, and they have been topiaried, and they are free at the point of access, and, they're, and we're open 24 hours a day. And I, actually, you don't get much better than that. No, you, you certainly don't. And, and we're, walking, we're walking along this avenue. I can see the end of it, half a mile, and it was surrounded 
each side by by the trees. We'll put some of the photos on the on the notes for the podcast show. Um, I have to say it's a lovely day. It, we're at the beginning of November. It's about ten degrees, and I can hear in the distance the roar of the A1 because I don't think we're that far from the A1, yeah, are we? I'm afraid. I'm afraid the winds. There's not much wind, but actually, it is bringing the sounds off the A1. But it's a, a beautiful autumnal day. And then on the left-hand side, we've got some... They look like sequoias, actually, Patrick. Well, yes, they are. Um, and they, they were, they're a hidden gem. Um, because uh, when we took over the, the site, um, the, the yew trees... Uh, if you look at some of the older photographs, you will see the yews were very much compromised by some Leylandii trees and, and conifers that have been planted... Um, about 40 years ago and they were really encroaching on on the ewes and I persuaded the Forestry Commission to take uh, them back about uh, up to about 10 metres and they they did and and when they took these Lylandii and kind of Corsican pine back they discovered that uh, 40 odd years ago some of the the Forestry Commission foresters had planted these sequoias which is the you know they're the American the Wellingtonia the the American redwoods you get in California 3,000 well 3,000 years old well these are not 3,000 years old but they're just lovely and we've and they've been they've been they've been released uh, and and they're going to get some light and they're going to be able to grow um, and I think you know in years to come they will they will tower over over this this area yeah they, they they really are beautiful trees and i have to say it's it's a very very tranquil spot isn't it in the middle of the countryside it is and this is why we like it so, like it so and that's what we want to keep it so at the same so, time we obviously want people to come and visit so the avenue itself patrick um this this leads up to clipsham hall is that right yes. The, the history, and, and forgive me, Bob, I am a historian, so uh, you may have to bonk me over the head if I go on for too much. Well, we, we've got all afternoon, but I don't think we'll be doing <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> uh, the history of this is that we are walking along the main drive to Clipsham Hall. I'm not sure of the origins of Clipsham Hall, but certainly in the 19th century, I think it was John Davenport Handley, who was the Lord of the Manor, um, uh, he he had a, a forester, head forester, called Amos Alexander. And Amos came to him and said, look, we've got these yew trees that would have been planted in Napoleonic times, so 200 years ago, just there or thereabouts. He said, look, look let's, let's, let's topiary them. And so uh, the, the, the John said, OK, let's do it. But the, the proviso is you do it with kind of names of famous local people. So that's when it all started. Um, and, and Amos came in, and it was all done by hand in those days. And he started to do the, um, uh, not only the, the tops of the trees, which are fairly standard, and we've got, we've, got, we've got peacocks and we've got top hats and we've got well, well, all, all sorts of shapes yeah. and, and yeah. sides. But the, the, the uniqueness about Clipsham was that the designs on the side. Um, and in those days, you know, there were references to um, local celebrities. And then you skip through First World War, Second World War, uh, and to about 1955, when the, Sir David Davenport Hanley was then uh, kind of Lord of the Manor, or he was the, the, the owner of the Clipsham estate. Uh, he leased uh, Clipsham Park Woods, which is a pause, which is a... a 
I think it was a plantation of ancient woodlands, which is either side of us, which included the, the yew tree avenue, which obviously, as I said, was the main drive to the house. Um, and he leased that on a 999-year lease to the Forestry Commission. And they came in and they started to up the ante on the topiaries, particularly through the um, 60s, um, and 70s. Yeah, and I did see one of the um, the moon landing. If you, uh, when you, well, uh, let me I'll get to the history. And but they they were doing they did a fantastic job during that time, and then in 2010, um, this is when and this is where I get a little bit political. The incoming Cameron government with George Osborne as 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 uh, Chancellor. Uh, was trying to sell off the the country's um, um, kind of public forest estate uh, to make some money. Um, it didn't succeed because it was a, an outcry. Um, but the Forestry Commission, um, they were it was costing them money to do this work, and um, they 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 were just unable to do it. And so for a number of years, 2011-12, the, the the trees weren't clipped, uh, and and the local people said, well, "Hang on a minute." they're looking they're not very healthy they're not looking very good uh, and there was a campaign to try and get the Forestry Commission to change its mind but um, that that didn't work and then in 2015 uh, I was I, I, I used to live in Clipsham by the way and used to come here with my kids and I know which trees you can climb inside uh, really uh, and I've been here when it's been two feet of snow yeah um, and it's been beautiful kind of al- alpine conditions and also when it's you know in hot in, in hot summer's days but um, uh, I was approached say 2015 because of work that, that I'd done in other a- uh, woodland areas to try not a top-down approach but a bottom-up yeah um, and to cut a long story short, we set up a, a community group uh, that then started to negotiate with the Forestry Commission and do something which I think is quite unique in that we said, OK, uh, if we find the money, will you let us arrange for the management of the site, including the clipping of the trees on an annual basis? And they'd never done that before. They, in other parts of the country, they let, they let people um, do uh, glitter picking and, and poo picking and things like this, but never the actual kind of technical management of, 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 of the tree work. Um, and, yeah, we managed to secure a 20-year agreement with them. Uh, we take all the risks. We have to get the money. But we are now hiring in the people who will... Well, I was going to say, obviously, looking at the quality of, of the um, the pruning, do you call it? Uh, well, clipping. Clipping. Cl- clipping. Yeah, it looks certainly very professional. Oh, yes. I mean, you can see, well, it's so difficult. There's no camera. <laughs> but actually, we've, we've got now, uh, we've got contractors come in. We have to get them, secure them by competitive tender. And they come in and, and they will spend um, a couple of weeks getting all these trees. And back. How, how often will they come? Uh, well, I'm, I had hoped they'd be here today, actually. Oh, that, that would be great because if we'd seen them. Because it would have been lovely to see them at work, yeah. but um, Noisy. they're not. Noisy. Uh, but well, not too bad. There's mm. a bit of chainsaw and, and clippers, mm. and they, they come in with their um, um, their cherry picker so they can actually... Because, I mean, you, you, you're going up uh, near on 10 metres, some of these, so you have yeah. to have the, a, a big cherry picker to take them up. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to actually... Yeah, we're, we're talking about 10 metres, but to actually get the scale of it, so... Like I say, the, the photos will be on the um, on the show notes, so you can actually have a look at some of these. So, when the uh, when they were first planted a couple of hundred years ago, 
was the idea that it was meant for the public as well, or was it specifically for the the people in the house? Uh, it would. This would have been the main drive to the house, and and uh, I. I that's it. I mean, in those days, the the, the, the villagers, the, the servants, and the serfs uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have come up no. unless they were doing work here. No. I mean, you'd have had an estate with a lot of workers, farm workers and labourers, but it, it, it wasn't a how shall I say a, a, a tourist attraction or a tourist destination that it became in once the Forestry Commission took over, um, as I said, in, from 1955 onwards. And and they say people were uh, come and visit on a on a regular basis, um, and it's a you know it's a it's a lovely place to walk. It, it certainly is, and and you know myself living locally, I hadn't really heard about it. it it's almost like a hidden gem. Oh, it is. Um, I, and uh, I, I mentioned earlier. I mean, I don't think you'll find a place like it in the. Oh, I'm happy to be proven wrong. A place like it in the country where you've got so many trees. That are, that are just free and people can just come and walk and they can picnic um, and, and you know, in high summer or winter, I mean, it really is, is beautiful. So what about the future? Um, obviously, it's, it's now in a situation where it's, it's kept well again. It's a lovely place to walk. What plans do you have for the future? Well, we've, we took over in 2018 um, and we've started to, say, restore the trees and I mean, you can you actually you can see where if if they're not cut, how they're how they're um, uh, growing out, and then yeah. on the, on the on the left hand side where they have been trimmed, and what we want to do is is firm them up, get the re- the leaf fir- or the the needles firm, because then once they're firmed up, we can then start the 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 whole the really technical um, uh, issue of, of trying to get the, the the designs on the side. So I think I think you know. Uh, for example, um, 1960s, July 20th, 1969, a very famous day because that's the day that, um, I forgot his name, who was the man on the moon? Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong, yep. And there was, there was a, a, a design that grew out of the, one of the trees, which it showed the man, man, uh, man on the moon. Yeah. And for, in terms of royalty, um, every, uh, at, at each of uh, Queen Elizabeth's kind of decades on, on the throne, there's been a, a 50th and a 60th anniversary. Um, we've had a Spitfire, we've had a Concorde, there's been an elephant. There is, um, there was a, David Davenport Hanley, he was the, the uh, lord of the manor, uh, well, estate owner anyway. In, in, who sold the estate? I mean, he, his his initials were, were on on the side, and you know, if you go on our website um, or you pick up our, our our leaflets, if you come and visit, you you will see the the range of, of of designs that are there. Yeah, for me, the highlight of the website, Patrick, is is the drone footage. It is good. Yes, we've. Uh, it, it was, this was one of our trustees. It was his son came up. One, I think it was uh, May during our lockdown. So that would be May 2020, and it was just a you know it was just a beautiful day, and yeah. and getting when you get that drone f- fly through, or whatever the word is um, of of the of, of the site, you just do appreciate the it, its elegance and its beauty. Just talking on a slightly slightly negative subject, disease. We keep hearing about different diseases of trees. That seem to be growing. What, what's the situation here at the Utree? Uh, are pretty resilient, um, and and I'm. Uh, but they they do suffer. Um, uh, so so for example, 
um, uh, either side of, of, of the main, what we call the main ride that we've been walking, is a ditch which has now been, um, it's been trimmed out because it, I mean, up until recently we would have, we would have let the grass grow because this is a very species rich um, site and all the botanists and eco ecologists, you know, they loved these, you know, until, yeah. until June to uh, July time, you know, it, it's quite wild. Yeah. And then we, when we cut it and bale it and, and, and cart the grass off um, and, and, and the ditches themselves have, have been cleared out. But as you can see here, you've got water and that's not escaping. Now, ewes don't like a lot of water on their roots. So one of the things we have to do is I'm, I, it, it, as soon as we can is we're going to try and take out a, maybe a foot on the bottom of these ditches just to get back to possibly a hardcore base so, yeah. so, so we get a soak away. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that we get, uh, and we haven't this year, is it's a bank vole. Um, and th this time last year, a number of the yew trees that they um, uh, were had some brown branches or brown leaves, um, needles, and that's because the bank vole goes up inside, goes along, nibbles on 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 the on the branch, and of course that that's that then kills the branch, and that's when you get the, the brown uh, brown uh, branches or needles on the side. Last year it was really quite bad. This year I, they've, they've gone. You, so, so I don't know where the bank voles are, but they're not around. They seem to be okay. Well, hopefully we won't see one. What about deer? Do you get deer in here? Well, we do, um, uh, and that's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, twenty, thirty years ago, th there wasn't a deer, but we we do. And there's an interesting uh, fact here because if you look at, let's see that tree there. If you look to about a meter up, you will see. Uh, that's or yeah, you will see that it, yeah. it it's there's a slight discoloration, and then that and, and you can see then where it's where the, the 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 needles have grown out, and we we really didn't know what this was, and then we realised it was the monkjack deer. Oh right. And what they do is that they come up. So the, this this bit here, yeah, underneath, about this is a meter high. Yeah. You will see on a number of trees, yeah. it's been eaten back. The yeah. fresh fresh yeah, needles yeah. have been eaten back, and they are the monkjack deer, and. And they've, they've nibbled it back brilliantly. It's absolutely beautifully tight, and it's 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 level. And you it, you could have thought you've done it with a hedge cutter. I, I was going to say when I first saw it, I thought it was a deliberate clipping. No, it wasn't. And and the other thing is we because a yew is a poisonous tree, um, and so for example, if uh, if if you had sheep in here, if sheep eat yew, it it will kill them. Oh. But monkjack deer are, are apparently seem to be okay immune. with it. Yeah. Um, so they have they have actually helped us, um, and they act, they they have, in a way, they provided a guideline for the the foresters to come in and say, well, look, if you know, because when it when it hadn't been cut for a number of years, it really was, again, really higgledy piggledy, and 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 the tr health of the trees was poor, but again, except around the bottom bit, that's when um, you, as I said you've got you've got a guideline. Yeah. And 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 yeah, we're working to it. Mm. Any other wildlife to stalk of? Oh, we've got badgers. Um, you've got foxes. Uh, there is. We had a. Who is it? The Rutland, uh, Lincolnshire and Rutland Wildlife uh, uh, Organisation came here in May. Uh, we had a bit of an open day, and they they were, they were here at three o'clock in the morning, looking for something. Birds waking up. 
Um, it so was no, a, nobody from the committee was there. At that no, time. Uh, no, not at that age. <laughs> no, I, I came later. Yeah. But they, some of the, some of these these. I mean, I've got to hand it to them. I mean, it was a bloody sorry. Can I swear? It was a miserable day. <laughs> um, uh, in you know, it was a February day in May. But they came and uh, they they were doing all sorts of surveys. I said they were doing birds, uh, early morning bird calls, yeah. uh, and then through the day they were coming in and they were going through all the all the, the grasses um, and looking for the bugs and the invertebrates and the butterflies. Um, and they had a fantastic day. And they they, they have given us now a, a, a complete kind of rundown of of what they find what they find. Yeah. And that's why we've um, we do now. Let the grass grow, um, because that's it, 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 it's it's a good natural habitat for, 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 for species. And we only cut it. One, we, I mean, the Forestry Commission used to cut it half dozen times a year. It was it never got long. It was a bit, bit, bit like a lawn. Now we let it grow um, until until the kind of the, the kind of late summer cut. Yeah, it, the actual yew trees themselves. You said they were about two hundred years old. Yep. So have any had to be replaced at all? Uh, no, but there is there is one that's died. Uh, and we've left it just to show that what will happen. We're not quite sure how it died. It could well have been the bank voles would have killed it off, but you've just yep. got a, a trunk, and that's it. But we're, we're, we're um, I, I'm, as I said, I'm just looking up here. They actually have done really quite well. So we're about halfway yeah, on yeah. the... Yeah. It's half mile long, isn't it, this one? It's, it's not... So, so we, we've done about, about a quarter of a yards long. Yeah. So uh, is, that, is that nearly half a mile? That's, how many yards? It's about 700 yards. Yeah, it's, it's getting on, under. isn't it? Getting on. 1,760 yards, All oh, right, well, slightly under. Pre-1971. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're about halfway halfway along the, the route now. Um, that's, an, that's a very interesting tree there, isn't well, it? Well, that's a windmill. Yeah. And uh, the uh, foresters are supposedly going to have to put some stiffener into those sails because they're <laughs> looking a bit limp. I suspect I will get them to come back and, and that what they will do is put a, a beam in either side so that actually the sails are looking at a proper cross yeah. rather than looking a bit droopy. You seem to be very familiar with every, every tree. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. It's yeah. taken a number of years. Um, and and the, the, the real trick is going to be is when we try and match up the original designs on, that were on the side with the tree. And we do have... We did, fortunately, the Forestry Commission, when they did all the work, they did keep a record... So we've got a pictorial record of all the of, of all the trees, um, every single tree. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we will. Our, our aim is to try and put back the designs that, are, that were all already there, and uh, then there will be some trees that didn't have any designs on the side, and we will be looking to say, okay, well, in the 21st century, what should we be recording? What's what's going to be important for Rutland? Um, and this area, yeah. and you know, is it a celebrity? Is it a local, local, local author, or or what? We don't. So know does yet. that mean then that you, the, the one, for example, of Neil Armstrong and the landing on the moon that that will come back? Oh yes, the plan is all all the ones that were there, um, and they were. If you can look on the website, and and to I think 2010 was the last time the Forestry Commission came in. They and, and I take my hat off to them. They did a brilliant job. Um, and I, we know we know some of the foresters because we have a the trust has a, a regular management committee meeting, um, and one of our kind of advisors is um, is was one of the foresters who used to do all this work. 
Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, we, we get him, he's, he's getting on a bit now. We get him out to, to check and say, well, look, you know, Eric, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you did it all by hand. I, I, they might have had a few clippers, but I know, I, I mentioned earlier cherry pickers. In, in, in the old days, they used to come and have to put scaffold up. Did they really? Yeah, it was ladders and scaffold. That's why it took them about six weeks. So how, how many guys actually... Actually, no, they, they would have they would have had a whole team. Yeah, um, you know because for each tree you have to, as I said you've got scaffolding. Yeah, and then ladders to get round the top. It it it, it, say, it took a long time. Yeah. With a cherry picker, you're in. You can you can whip round in, in no time at all. Yeah. How many other places are there in the country that have been allowed to should we say go into disrepute and, and people need to come and? Ah, uh, well, that's a that's a big question. Uh, and you, I, I don't know. The short no. answer is I don't know. But what, what I what I can say uh, from my work is that uh, there are many parts of the country where the natural environment has been let to, I say, go to waste. It has it it, it has gone into what they call unfavorable unfavorable management, where it's just been left. Now, I mean, we know. We know there is a, a kind of a, a whole program called rewilding, and I guess we've, we're doing that, that that a little bit here. But at the same time, you do need all these all these historically all these places would have been managed. Mm. You know, when 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 you know going back several hundred years, you know they would have coppicing, that because the, the timber would have been taken for for, for, for for personal use, making tools, building, um, and, and and the woodlands were managed. And then, because you cut them back, and then they will grow again. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we're in a situation here where, if 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 the Utree Avenue Trust hadn't um, uh, uh, taken on this responsibility, um, I don't know, Utree Avenue would be looking decide in, in decidedly worse shape. Yeah. So, if there's any, anybody listening who fancies getting involved with a project that they they think there's an opportunity for, what advice would you give them? Oh. Uh, I mean, they need, they need to obviously know, know the landowner of the site. I mean, it, sometimes it might be private ownership. I mean, in this case, this is kind of forest, Forestry Commission. Effectively, they've got the lease. They're, they're a government agency. We, we, we've done this, the deal with them. Uh, and we, We've had to give assurances and, and, and we've had to get ourselves set up as a registered charity uh, because um, that's you need to get them funding. And we've been very lucky in getting... Um, probably getting on between fifty and sixty thousand pounds we've raised in the last two or three years. Um, we've just had a we've just had a grant. Um, in fact, the, the the cutting now is being funded by um, uh, by FCC Communications. It's one of these what they call landfill tax. Uh, we we have to put the application in and, and and say what we want to do. So the money the money that comes from the landfill tax. Yep. goes to projects they, they, such they as have, yourselves. There, there is a charitable... Some of the yeah. land, landfill operators, there is a, there's a money that is put aside for uh, environmental... Purposes. And what about contributions from the public? Is that uh, something pub- that you've been involved oh, with? Yes, we, we, we have a website and we, we welcome donations from companies and from individuals who just you know know that we it costs us whatever it is, around about £15,000 a year to keep this place going. If you think about all the trees with the ditching, all cutting the grass... And general upkeep, um, you know that that, that that's that's yeah. that's the order. Yeah. I mean, other things that we've done, for example, is that we've 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 got some, made some new benches for people, uh, because when you walk from one end to the other, you may, maybe you want to sit down. So <laughs> we, we've got these made. 
Well, it's been great talking about um, you, Chewy, haven't you? Patrick, one thing I wanted to ask was um, you mentioned that it's it's open 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, what is it like for access? It's pretty good, actually. It's free. <laughs> so um, I, I did say 24 hours. We really don't want people here at night. But, no, of course I mean, we, But, I mean, say, we certainly, at dawn till dusk, um, and we have... I mean, it is an outdoor site, but we have tried to make it more accessible for uh, for people, you know, particularly you know, who have wheelchairs uh, or buggies. Um, and, and certainly, from we, we have resurfaced the car park because that was in a, a pretty poor state, and then we put in some kind of walkways from the car park to the main central ride because that used to get so boggy and yeah. it just you, you saw people wading through it well <laughs> and actually when you, when you go down now you, it, you can keep your feet nice and clean yeah. um and I, I think it's 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 good it's lovely and and not only that you can come here for a, a, a you know a lovely walk and then with about within about three or four hundred yards you've got a i think it's still a michelin starred pub the olive branch oh the olive branch yeah very nice yeah fine beer fine food uh, they've been actually very very supportive to us uh to the trust in the past so we're um yeah we're really grateful to them and yeah i i, it, I mean i'm just looking now uh, i wish people could see because we've got we've got a lovely november afternoon sun we've got the yew trees some of which have been really are really sharply defined because they've been trimmed others will get a trim next week and behind them you've got you've got some birch you've got some ash and they're all they're all in into autumn colors yeah and i I can see some oak we just bought past an oak actually patrick and and i think in the distance just the beautiful autumn colors we're getting up with the sun behind us oh yeah shining onto the trees yeah it's absolutely gorgeous uh, yeah. So, if anybody's interested in um, coming here, um, I think we've probably wet, wet their appetites a little bit, Patrick. What what do they need to do? Where do they need to go uh, to find out well, where it is? They just need to come up the A1 or down the A1, come off at a place called Stretton, and follow the signs to Yew Tree Avenue. We're about two miles off the A1, and it's just pull up, park, uh, and then stretch your legs. Uh, we've got a website. But don't ask me what it is because I'm not, not very good on these things. And we do have, uh, say, we've got some interpretation boards which give you a bit, bit of the history that I've talked about. And we've also got leaflets. Um, and, uh, yeah, please do. We, we, are, we are very keen to encourage people, uh, nature lovers and, and, and others who just want to come out and, and just see what I think is, is, is a unique site in this country. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. It doesn't cost you anything at all. It really is. Uh, so um, I'll put all those on on the show notes with the, the website and all the details how to get it. So thank you ever so much for the conversation, Patrick. It's a pleasure. Really good to see you, Bob. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Undercurrent Stories. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share the show link to your friends and family. And if you have 60 seconds, I will be most grateful if you would please rate and review. To hear more episodes, please subscribe to the show and visit undercurrentstories.com. If you leave your email in the link, we will notify you as soon as new episodes are released. Also, check out our social media links, details of which can be found on the show notes. Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best. 